This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Joe with you. Nick, well, you know, he's got a two-week-old baby, so he's not here. On paternity leave, we are in luck because founder, president, accountant, designer, and HBIC, Dane Delgado of Matchstick Golf is here with us. Dane, thank you so much for sparing a few minutes. Yeah, Joe, a long time no see. We haven't seen each other in uh, about 75 minutes, seeing how we played golf this morning. It's good to see your face again. I do like that when I reference you on here, it's as though, oh, Dane, I, I miss that guy. I see you like multiple times every week usually. <laughs> Yeah, I mostly won't leave you alone. I'm just in your phone constantly like, do you want to golf? Do you want to golf now? Do you want to golf? Okay, so that that is the first topic of conversation because I took – so we're recording this on Friday afternoon. We just played golf out at Heron Lakes, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. But I threw it out to the group chat. I took a four-day weekend, and I'm trying to play golf on Monday at a relatively nice course in the area, Stone Creek, and none of you guys are available because it's a Monday, which is understandable. But when you're in a position of wanting to play a nice course and you can't get anyone to play with you – is it your MO to just show up and say, I'm a single, we're going to figure it out? Or do you book a single tea time in hopes of hooking up with someone or playing by yourself and doing like a course vlog? Like, what is your move? I think I'm just going to make a tea time for one. But what is what is your protocol? I feel like the answer, especially in Portland, because everything is so packed. I mean, even we went out there today at Heron at 10 a.m. And the parking lot was like people were parked in the fire lane. There was, no, there was nowhere to be. So like I, I thought it would be totally fine. I had a friend actually who said, oh, uh, he's in town. He's a friend in town from Wisconsin and was going to come out and said, hey, like, you know, do you think Karen will be open enough? We could just be the, the group behind you. And I said, probably. That wasn't true at all. I mean, the, at the turn, even though we made the turn in two hours, the starter was on our butts to uh, get out of the clubhouse and stop eating hot dogs. So it was just like, yeah. So I, I, I always I always book one because I feel like most places, at least in Portland, have done the thing where you're allowed to do that. They won't make you prepay. And you could book a tea time. I mean, our home course, Clendevere, allows you to book a tea time for four. Um, they usually let you go out by yourself if you want to, which is great. You just play through. Um, but most places will hook you up with somebody else. And that, that's just fine with me. I feel so coddled because I have experienced 
so much of my golfing life as being a single, and now I have a group that I play with. Now that I'm trying to venture out on my own, I, I feel a little nervous. Like, am I going to be okay with people? And I always proclaim on here, 95% of randos that you see on the golf course are super, super great. And I should take that to the bank and just get out there on Monday. But now I'm sitting here thinking like, all right, well, do I want to actually play? Maybe I'll just stay home and clean the bathroom. Like these crazy thoughts are going through my head. I just got to get my ass out there and do it, right? Yeah. I mean, you look, you took this four-day weekend for a reason. You want to play golf. We're in the heat of golfing season, right? You're, you're not in that mode where you're like, I'm really not liking my game right now. I don't really want to be playing right now. It's still August, baby. So like, get out there, enjoy it. You won't regret it. You'll tee off even if you have some random guy with you. You'll both be pushing carts. You won't really need to like have to talk to him if you, you book an 8 a.m. tea time and you're so groggy from your coffee. It's not going to be that big a deal. And you're so amenable, Joe. Come on. I try to be, and uh, of course, we have the Glendivere Club Championship coming up very, very soon, so the game's got to be peaking at the right time. I want to play in that TOC. I would love to... uh, Beyond winning the Glendivere Club Championship, the Oregon Golf Association has a tournament of champions, so if you're a club champion at any recognized club from the Oregon Golf Association, you play in this tournament, and my dream is to get out there as a club champion and just hang a couple 88s on the board and just be like, I don't, I don't know guys. I was hot for a couple days. What what do you want from me? Yeah. Just bring the whole legacy of Glendevere as a whole, all the way down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, do want to remind you guys, please rate and review the podcast. The reviews really help for some ungodly reason. Okay. I have to talk to England. We see that we have some loyal listeners in foggy London town and places elsewhere on the great aisle i've I've probably alienated all of them from that statement i'm sure that's terribly insulting but please give me one star i'll take a one star review just leave something for us it is very very helpful to the pod for god knows what reason podcast brought to you by piper golf use turn 10 at checkout that is the promo code at piper.golf and no other sponsors. There are no other sponsors. <laughs> this podcast now. Matchstick Golf. Use turn 20 at checkout. Matchstick Golf. We'll talk about the latest and greatest from Dane Delgado coming up a little bit later in the pod. But Dane, I've asked you here today for a very specific purpose. We This started out as the 10 things every golf course should have. I realized 10 was going to be difficult. I limped to the finish. I got six right away. And then the last three were quite difficult, but it is nine things every golf course should have. Before we get into it, how do you feel about your list? It was really hard. We were talking earlier today on the course that I agreed. It was, I had a mental list going. It was pretty hard to give them all together because sometimes you want to say, well, greens that are cut evenly, that kind of thing. That's just like standard upkeep. It's really right. about the experience when you're there. Why do you keep going back to one club over and over again? And it was pretty hard, but I think that I sat down. I took, I took an hour. I thought about it. I think I have a pretty good list. And I, but I feel like just based off the fact that we're friends and we play golf all the time that we're basically going to have the same list. We're going to have a lot There's of overlapping be overlap. the diagram. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be overlap. I say let's ping pong. So one of us will start okay, and then on. we'll go back and forth. And I'm sure we'll have some overlap. And hopefully we don't have the exact same nine. Do you mind if I kick us off? Go for it. The first thing. Every golf course, if you're a golf course, you should have this. These are things that should be standard. Some of these are quite realistic. Other are pipe dreams. But still, I want every golf course to have these. Number one, flag indicators or pin sheets. Baby, 
I got to know where that flag is. If you don't have the colors of the flags where it's red front, white middle, blue back, give me a pin location. Hair and Lakes, we were out there today, and they have on the scorecard, it shows you where one, two, three pin positions are. And that tells you where the flag is on the green. So you know throughout if it's position one, then you can follow the one on the little tiny diagram on the scorecard. Dan, I think you were ahead of us, but uh, I talked to the starter for a second and I was like, hey man, what number are we today? And then he he, he didn't respond and he was talking to the walkie-talkie and Shane, who was in my cart, tried to get his attention. That didn't work. And I was finally like, hey, and he looked over and I was like, what, what are the pin positions? And he's like, uh, well, I think it's three. And I was like, what do you mean you think? And he's like, well, the greenskeeper puts that little paper up and uh, I didn't check. If I knew it was you, I would have checked, but uh, I didn't I didn't check personally. <laughs> and I was like, cool. And the starter was like, uh, fuck this guy, right? Talking about himself. So he tried to ingratiate himself to me, but ultimately he was wrong. It was not pin position three. It was one. Not that that would have made my 85 like an 80 or anything like that, but I was still thrown off at first. All that to mean some sort of indicator on the green to let me know where that pin is. Front, middle, back. I got to know, right? You got to know. And also, here's the thing about it. The thing that I've noticed lately, a couple courses I've played in the Portland area, sometimes they don't have different colored flags, right? Sometimes they have one checkerboard flag or they're all red or whatever that has the the, the club logo on it. I've yeah. noticed a couple courses with different colored flags, but they're not set to a pin location. So it's not like white is always front and blue is always back. It's just Call whatever they had that day. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it because I still like this yeah. place. But it's just That's like, fine. what is happening here? Like, you know, and we're all over here with everyone's got the watch on. Then you're lasering it. And you're like, are you sure? Where should it be? That's That was literally something on my list already. We already are overlapping one-to-one so far, Joe. Well, I love that uh, a couple times, our, our buddy Logan, who had himself a day today, a 74, which honestly felt like the worst score he could have shot today. I, I really thought he was going to take it below 70. Great round. But a couple times he walked up to the tee and he, and he lasered it and he was like, all right, I got, I got one, six, one. And I was like, Logan, are you sure? And then he hit a pin high. He's like, yeah, I'm sure, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. I've, I've measured it with my club. All right. So we got, we got that. an overlap there. What is okay. what is your number two then, Dane? I think if if it, it seems like you started off by ranking, so I'm going to start that a little bit. The most important uh-huh. one that's not not exactly what you said was I think you have to have a reasonable warm up area. You have to have ah. at least a putting and chipping area, or a chipping and driving area, or a driving and a putting area. You have to have two of the three things because most people can't show up. It's not our beloved Rose City down the street from you and me here at Portland, yeah. one of the oldest golf courses in the Portland area. Second oldest. Have a, second oldest. Yes. Excuse me. Exactly. It, it, it's driving range is it's a big hill with trees that line what number four or five or something coming back up the hill toward the clubhouse and you bring your own balls. So you get to go to Goodwill, buy a bunch of 25 cent balls and hit them down there. And then of course, like what happened the last time you and I played you uh, pulled it a little bit, left into it, and then the guy in the driving range was mad at you, an actual person playing actual golf, for hitting into the driving range. It's just – it's just there's no fence. There's no net. There's nothing. That has to be part of it. And, of course, Rose City, to its credit, except for the fact that it doesn't have a driving range, it does have both a very large putting area that's 
very well kept and it, you can also chip on it. You can't, you know, you can't take 30 yard chips or 40 yard chips, but you can at least get, you know, 10, 15, those little hard little bumps that are right off the green. That's, I think that's a complete necessity for people because while I think you, you guys were talking on, on your last podcast uh, with Tyler, you can't really like warming up before a round and hitting like 50 balls. I agree. Yeah. That's way too much. Cause I also do the same thing where it's like, if I hit him great there, I know I'm going to, just crash and burn or vice versa. If I, if I hit him terrible, it's like, well, at least I'm going to smoke it today. Um, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, you know, but yeah, maybe a few balls to get a few swings in, but really chipping and putting area, I think is crucial. Would you call what Rose city has the bare minimum of what you're saying? So to paint a picture, I think calling it a driving range is giving it a lot of credit. I would call it a hitting area. Where, sure, you could probably hit like a five iron or even, oh, I didn't hit your seven wood today. God bless America. Oh, come uh, on. Uh, you were talking about it. You were talking about the last stop pod, the, Joe. No, let's stop <laughs> the pod. we going to play there. a quick nine up at Rose City, go to the hitting area <laughs> afterwards and work on the seven wood. Ah! That's really aggravating. Okay, that's fine. I think it's a hitting area because you could probably max out at like 200 yards. You're not really gleaning a lot of information. It's more of like, I'm going to grab all the rando beers in my fridge and all the rando balls in my little garage, and I'm going to hit those down there. And if I feel like it, I'm going to walk down and pick it up. And if not, it's 15 balls I didn't care about anyway. And then you're right. It's like a chipping, putting area. So you need some sort of functional warm-up in case you wanted to go through your full process. Perhaps you don't most of the time. I don't because I'm always – like the older I get, the less time I leave myself to get to the first tee. But – I understand you were the what last you're saying. One there today, I, by the way. I know. I know. That was, listeners. This is very surprising for Joe Simons. He's not the earliest, but our good friend Andy Hayner is usually the one rolling up at saying, texting right before, "Hey, I'll be there five minutes before. Can you get my cart and also a power rate for me?" It's gotten to the point where even if my tea time is like two or three p.m., I stack too many errands or things I'm going to do where I leave myself fifteen to ten minutes. Before the tea time, even if I have hours to get there, because if I get there too early, it's a problem, man. I get too much yeah. in my head. Oh, we're gonna we're we're gonna beat seventy five balls, and then we're gonna go through putting drills, and then we're gonna shoot eighty nine. It's like no, let's just go from the car to the first tee, and we'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. Yeah. No, I. You know what I want? I'm mean, Rose City is actually fine for this. I need four to five full swings to get my feel. And my body warmed up to that where I actually make contact through the dirt. Yeah. That's all I need. I don't really care what happens to them or where they go. So I would say, yes, Rose City functionally has something that is adequate enough. Stone, which you're trying to play on Monday, has a more reasonable area. It has a very big, very big putting green. It has an actual chipping area with an actual with a bunker in it. And it has grass tees or on bonds. So you could not even play. Yeah. Just go do that. But yeah. Mike, you know, I mean, honestly, that's what I probably should do on Monday is like have a real like 90 minute practice session, have a nice club sandwich for lunch, come home, prepare dinner for my girlfriend and have a good day. But that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the golf course. I'm going to play. I'm going to smoke 30 cigarettes, shoot an angry 86 and then come home and order takeout. That's that's what's going to end up happening. <laughs> OK, yeah. if you're, your first practice session in five years, it'd be great. They go great. Exactly. We, we are at a glacial pace, but I'm loving it. So your second, or excuse me, yeah, your second was a some sort of functional warm-up area. My second, so basic, water, drinking water. Just 
have drinking water on the golf course. Yes. It is so rare yes. these, these days that you're going to find the big Gatorade jug where it's starting the day as 95% ice and a smidge of water. And as it goes throughout the day, it melts and you put it in your water bottle just when you need a little bit just to save you. You fill it up and you're good for the last five holes. Water. It's amazing how courses don't have water. And more than that, water in the ball washers. If you're going to have ball washers, just spray a little disinfectant in there and have it actually be effective. And just sort of this like you put it in there and it's a dry guy, just like real, real gross. I, I, You need a little moisture in there. So water yeah. in your jug, in your ball washer, it helps everybody out. Water is a great one. I was just thinking that the other day. I played uh, 18 at Glendivere West, and on 15, I was I carried in the when it's really hot here, and it's been an exceptionally hot sort of last what six weeks here in Portland, where it's been around 95 to 100. Yeah. And oh my gosh, at 15, same thing in that little wood little lock thing, that huge Gatorade jug, and it was ice cold at two yeah. in the afternoon. Oh, it saved my bacon because I was I was ready. I I drank this huge like 64 ounce hydro flask that I put a bunch of ice into it and it's very nice. But you know, when it's really hot, I'm sucking that thing dry by, you know, whole 10. I was so glad to have it. It was, it's also on my list, Joe. Also on my list. Glendivere will surprise you. Glendivere, just when you give up on Glendivere, something will happen out there that'll just pull you back in. I've been playing out there for 25 years and I keep, I, I, I keep threatening to quit the men's club because I always have to tee off at 7.30 a.m., but I'm not going to do it because I'm going to win the club championship. I'll get my parking spot right up front. I'll go to the TOC and shoot 94. It's going to be fantastic. What what color is the jacket from Glendivere when you when you win the club championship? What color do you think it is? I think it's mud brown to represent <laughs> the conditions most of the year. It's just like a burnt mud brown. Bro, you should have seen it. It was the weekend before it finally got nice here in Portland. And they let some tournament out on the golf course with carts. So they did not allow – because we we had the wettest spring in recorded history in Portland. And so I would say up until early mid-June, you really could not drive golf carts on this course because it is so hilly. The weekend before they were going to let carts out for the men's club members, they had a tournament. And this tournament had bought out the golf course. So this is probably – I don't know. I'm just going to throw out a number. Let's say $7,500 for the golf course that they need. They need that money. And they secured carts, and they probably did that in the winter. And those carts went out, and they should not have. I have pictures on my phone of tire tracks that make it look like Tokyo Drift was out there on some of those fairways because there are rivets and holes. And I haven't played the East since then, but I'm sure they're still very, very bad. And just as I'm about to hoist the club championship trophy and put on my mud brown blazer, something terrible is going to happen to me. But that's two weeks from (laughs) now. Your 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 chip uh, that you're trying to bounce off of the, the fringe is going to hit some mud tracks and karam into the forest down the hill because yeah they they still have it what they've done I have played east recently I shot eighty from the tips thank you very much oh very nice oh yeah oh yeah I, I was that's maybe one of my best rounds ever just given both slope and the fact that east is a championship course out there it's part seventy three too folks. It's par seventy three, yeah, folks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was I was very pissed to, to end to, to end plus seven and not be under eighty, but that's okay. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, but like all those mud tracks have now dried and they are rock hard. They didn't sure. go back out there and like flatten no. them down or anything. No. no, they don't care about that. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, West. West had like a, a duck pond between eight and nine in that little swale for like a month and a half, where there's literally ducks sitting in it. It was just it well, was dude, insane. It's just like Portland golf courses are like Portland houses. They tell you the year that they're built, 
They all come with a few freckles, a few pimples, and they classify that as charm. And that's what Glendivere does. That's what Eastmoreland does. All of the parts of it, which you would not uh, normally think make up a great golf course, it's charming. It's part of it. You play yeah, exactly. the course you're I dealt. Agree. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine that your house that cost you $800,000 in inner Portland has like seven small rooms that are all 10 by nine for some reason because you were supposed to have six children to like work in the fields or whatever. No, that's fine. Why have, you, no, bro. Why, why have, have a three big bedrooms in a living room when you can have nine rooms that are the size of a closet? That's yeah. how we do it. Office number two, office number three. You know, you just, yeah. you just put your putting mat between them and you putt across. That's all you got to do. No, it's yeah. great. It's oh. it's a house with 1,500 square feet and 1,100 square feet of it is a mudroom <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, move to Portland, folks. Don't do it. It's not a good idea. You know, uh, all right. We're through one and a half of these, Dane. What's your next one? <laughs> I'll okay. have to grab my computer um, charger here in a couple. I'm, I'm, going, between, I'm going between two of mm-hmm. them, and I think – I think you're going to pick one of them at some point in time. I'm going to move it up just because I've mentioned I mentioned it to you today, and I mentioned of a story that, of me playing Glendivere. Um I'm going to say cart staff. I think that's really critical, and I think cart staff that is both there for uh, like this is all, only for 18 hole courses. We're not talking about Sahali or stuff like that, or nine hole. So of course this kind of doesn't go against this goes against like all all golf courses. But if you're playing 18, if you're out somewhere for four hours, I need some beef jerky and i need two white claws okay like just give me a break or like when we we played uh we played pumpkin ridge like a few years ago and it that day it was raining we had to hide under the tree between 10 and 11 what a day what a day okay we get to what the green that's between 13 and 14 and mm-hmm. the cart cart person had c- catched up with us and it is 48 degrees and it has been raining we've all changed our rain gear at least once at the turn we are soaked and we we go well do you have coffee or hot chocolate or tea or anything hot and she goes i have bud light we're just like what are we gonna do with that why are you out here like just good lord you know she's out there dane to give me maker's mark and she (laughs) did it yeah she warmed she warmed you right up yeah yeah i was over here eating snickers bars pissed off but and you know, Glendivere has – it sounds like we're bagging on Glendivere, but we're not. But you know, Glendivere oh, only it. has it for, for what, four or five weeks out of the summer or something. Um, and, of course, the story I was telling you is that um, it was very hot. I was waiting for the, the cart person all day, and I saw her driving, and she just wouldn't wait for us at the green. She just would drive sure. off all day. And then I turned to our buddy Logan, and I say, she's going to drive up when we're standing on 18T. I swear to God. That's what's going to happen. And then sure enough, an hour and a half later, standing 18T, yeah. she parks and she goes, you guys need anything? It's just like, yeah, I need eight White Claws right now. Like just to walk, just, just to cap this day off. Like I'm, I'm going to chug them in the parking lot. Can I have a bag of White Claws 90 minutes ago? Does that work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's, uh, when, I, um, when I was living in uh, uh, Seattle, when I lived mm-hmm. in Kirkland, my home course was Willow's Run in Redmond. And it's, it's uh, two courses and an executive course next to it. Um, and they have very nice carts with like GPS on it and stuff. And there's a thing to ping the, ping the cart person. Which is great. Oh, they, they come to your GPS location. Yeah, it's awesome. Almost like when That's you're in the I airplane want. and uh, you can you can ping the flight attendant to come and ask for a hot exactly. towel. You're asking yeah, for exactly. a hot toddy. Yeah, I, I need six more ginger ales and uh, just 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 ha, ha, how many Tito's can you give me? How many Tito's can you give me? 
Well, speaking of Tito's, um, this is my next one. And look, this is this is one of these pie in the sky. I realize there's licensing and a lot of issues, and this is fraught. But I am kind of over beer. I can't really do it anymore because I like the hard stuff. Every course needs hard liquor, okay? Beer, wine, sangria, I get it. They're all great options, but sometimes daddy needs a little shot out there, okay? We've got 260. Most of it's a forced carry. I need a little bit of courage to take this five wood on and put it on the green. And only the hard stuff is going to do it. I understand that this is not a realistic one. This is things I think every golf course should have. And that includes a little Tito's and soda. Yeah. You you can't have, you can't walk into the pro shop. And the only thing is that little like Pepsi fridge that's behind the, 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 the pro, uh, pro shop staff. And it just has like Bud Lights and one kind of IPA. It's like, I, well, I don't want any And also a of bottle food. of Chardonnay for some reason. It's like, uh, we don't have hard alcohol, but do you want this $4 Pinot Gris <laughs> bottle that we have by Barefoot? Because that's available. Yeah, it's been out on the counter. It's not cold. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because I'm like you. I don't I don't drink beer. I don't drink beer. I'll, I'll drink a White Claw, obviously. But uh, what I really want is I would like some vodka and a little bit of soda. That, that'd be great. And I... Like today, you got us something, some very nice uh, Marion Berry drink that had vodka in it. That was like so refreshing at the turn. It's so much nicer. It makes the whole experience a little more, you know, especially when you're paying for the cart these days. I mean, I don't know how it is for folks in other parts of the country or other countries that are listening to this, but in Portland, they've made this thing where every rider pays for it. So a cart, a cart today at Heron was thirty six dollars for two people. It was insane. Is that right? It's like, oh yeah, it was eighteen bucks a piece. It was insane. It's, so I it's owe you seventy one. You know what, Dane? Exactly. I don't want to forget. So, so why don't you tell me your next pick, and I'll, and I'll go ahead and Venmo you the seventy one dollars okay. just while we're okay. on pod. I think. Oh man, some of mine are funny, but uh, just they're very <laughs> they're related to very specific stories of me at golf gar- or golf uh, courses. But I'll save them for later. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with bathrooms slash porta potties. I think too many oh, places. That's a great one. I did not don't have, have that. them around enough. Yeah, they don't have them around enough. Like today, that's we great. started at ten. I woke up a little late, bit my cups last night, had a nice time outside. We were, we were playing urban golf in inner southeast Portland, all right, which is this thing where we take clubs we buy from Goodwill, we take foam balls, and then of course there's a you know there's a little a little trip to Maui's on on Williams afterwards. That's just what I know where this is going. Great, this is yeah. So so I wake up with five hours of sleep in the bag on a day off. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm raring to go, but. I just eat somewhere else. We got to hole four or five, and it was like, I can't just be on a tree right now. I need to – something else is happening. We need to make this happen. That has to be around because there's a lot of places that have like one, and there's nothing on the back. And and you're – like we were the farthest we could possibly be. We were at the edge of the property, <laughs> farthest from the club. Basically, I'm Portland I International do? Raceway. I could see the cars yeah. from where yeah. we were at that point. <laughs> no, but it was like it, – it, it's so funny you say that because – we finish a short par four and then you have a par three over water and you finish the whole first. And I was like, oh, okay, well, Dane just wants to get a yardage and figure out what's going on. And you hit first. And I was like, oh, Dane is, Dane's really locked in right now. He's focused. And then we all hit our shot and Shane was like, where's Dane? And I was like, I think he's in there. And he's like, oh, little poop, poop, little uh, poop, poop. And I was like, yeah, you know, probably it's still, you know, yeah. 11 o'clock in the morning. The man probably had some coffee, a nice breakfast. He's got to, you know, evacuate. And then, 
eliminate bogeys. There's, there's one before the McMuffin sandwich, and then there's one right. after the Red, Red Bull hits, okay? That's, that's right. That's just how it goes, okay? Like 1130, it's going to happen again. I, I, Look, folks, I need to be ready to go. Yeah, folks, I, I mean, Dane, I'm not sure if you heard this episode, but uh, Nick and I got into this a little bit ago. The most crucial aspect to my success in an early morning round is the quality of my BM prior to. Like, if, I, if I'm feeling loose and free, if I'm, like, thinking about what's happening, my rumbly tumbly on the third tee shot, it's probably not going to be a great day. But if everything is gone and I'm drinking water, and I'm able to, you know, have muffins and and protein bars and any sort of like trail mix things to keep you going. It's going to be a successful day on the golf course. Yeah, you can't you can't grip the club as if you would a baby and also be clenching your cheeks. Okay, those exactly. two things are incongruous. They don't work together. You have to be yeah, it has has to be ready to go. So I I agree. What was your what what was your do you remember which one you said? What? Yeah, I just said I just said uh, porta potties. Yeah. Porta potties. Well, okay. You know what was side note by the way? I know yeah. I I did listen to the episode you're talking about because I think that was your conversation where you were asking Nick when he shows up to the golf course. How how many how much time beforehand? That's and right. you and I are the same. Or sorry, how, how when do you wake up for a round? And right. you and I are the same. It's like two and a half to three hours. <laughs> Like, I need to like yeah. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to like decompress. I need to make sure that I'm not going to leave my shoes somewhere that I remembered balls that I fed the dog that I took her out. All that kind of stuff. Exactly. I can't right. be like I can't be like Andy Hayner where he's like he wakes up, rolls out of bed, grabs a burrito, and shows up. And it's like, when did you wake up? And he's like, 17 minutes ago. I can't do yeah, that. And, it's not for me. I mean, he's 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 an impressive person. My my routine when Who's I wake she? up at seven. Yeah. When I when I tee off at seven thirty in the morning, uh, if if that alarm's not going off at about five fifteen, then uh, it's not going to be a good day for Simon's. I need my time. I need my time. Um, this one is I perhaps my most important out of all of these. It is local aids to speed up play. This is going to vary wildly depending on the golf course. Here's what I mean. I'm going to go back to Glendivere. On the west side of this, the west side is a very short golf course. You probably have three to four par fours where you have less than 280 yards into the hole. What I am suggesting, when everyone gets to the green, you make sure everyone's there, you mark, you stand to the side, and you wave up the people teeing off. And there's a sign that instructs you to do so on the green that says when you get to the green, wave everybody up. And it says in the first tee box, when you're at a point where you see the group ahead of you on the green and waving you up, be ready to tee off. The second hole at Glendiver West is 240 yards from the white tees on a generous day. That should be happening. That should be something that's a norm on golf courses. I want to, and I hate this term, normalize bringing people up onto a hole that you're already playing on the east side i think it's hole number five long par three you're talking 240 250 from the black tees wave people up people need to get used to waving people up if it's a blind tee shot or a blind second shot stone creek has this where you're hitting down into a gully and you have no idea who's down there they have a humongous mirror that's angled down into the landing spot so you know when it is safe so often you are having to walk 
150 yards to see if no one's down there or just guess and say, "Ah, I hope I don't kill anybody and just go for it. Local aides, depending on the topography of the golf course, the layout to aid up speed of play. It just needs to be something that happens. It, it's 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 very easy. It requires a few signs from people to understand what's happening. I think it's possible. Do you think it's asking too much of the golfer? I think it's tough because you have so many COVID golfers that um, haven't really learned some of the practicum around that yet. I think the the most common thing is just being hit into so much more the last three years. I mean, when yeah, I was dude. on. I got hit into last year on uh, one at Wildwood, which is this elevated tee box up by the clubhouse. And it's like you can see most of the golf course from there. So it's like you can see that I'm standing right there and in the landing zone. So like people aren't even able to figure that out. I think that's the problem. It would be nice. I mean, Glendivere has two situations, not only five on east, but five or six on, on east. Six on yes. east I was standing six, on. Maybe the best example. I saw, there are these, which is this, it's what, same thing. It's it's a par four. It's down a huge hill. It's 245 from the blacks or, or, or 260 from the blacks, something like that. Yeah. We guarded by two bunkers. I saw these two guys in front of me, three guys in front of me in these two carts uh, when I was finishing up, uh, when I was teeing off on five. And so I don't see them at the, at the tee box at all. So I hit up. They have wildly sprayed their shots in each direction onto seven and then back onto, onto three East where they're just like Classic. completely out of it. So I couldn't even see their carts. So I hit up, I make it to the fringe of the green and then I get up there and I say, Oh, sorry, fellas. Didn't realize you were on this hole, which I didn't mean as an insult, but also it was like, well, they're, they're all 80 yards offline. Also, fellas. So, <laughs> but also let's say they were standing down there. They should have seen me and been like, Go ahead and hit. We're going to stand here for a minute. You're probably not going to kill us. And we also we're looking right at you. It's going to be fine. That That's my thing is I don't up. think that thought is ever entering people's heads. I don't think they're ever thinking like, all right, I'm going to wave this person up, not necessarily to play through, but instead of this person having to wait 10 minutes to hit their next shot, they can wait seven minutes and we can all just sort of work together. And I think unless yeah. there are signs instructing people to do so, it's not going to happen, especially on a course like that where there are so many short holes and things get clogged up because everyone's waiting on a par five where they think they can reach it like from 240 and all these things. And it's like anything you can do to aid the speed and the pace of play, I wish courses would take it more upon themselves instead of just saying, ah, fuck it, figure it out for yourselves. Well, because if it's going to benefit you, because eventually you'll be the people on the green and you'll be waving somebody up. But that thing does keep you warmer as a golfer. You go back to the tee box quicker from putting your last putt. You get to hit again, and then you know at, at, at the one we're talking about on six, you then walk down the hill. So you're keeping right. your, like your blood flowing. You're, you're not keeping tight because you stand there and just eventually you're just going to stand there and hold hold your club like a cane. And you're like, what do I do again here? I forget. <laughs> like I have the right club. I forgot what I decided to do. You know. It's also like so, it forces okay. you to calm down a little bit. It forces you to calm down. You get to see other people hit from the tee. Like it also slows you down while aiding pace of play. So just to put a button on it, local aids to speed up play, depending on what's happening on this specific golf course. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So my next one is again, something related to something that happened to us recently, but I think it's actually pretty vital for courses when, Either things get really tough with the weather, either good or bad, 
or you're going to have a lot of busy traffic. But we went out to Oregon Golf Club, or no, sorry, Oregon City Golf Club. Big difference. And we had a <laughs> big difference. One is one is a municipal, is the, and one is the, the, the nicest the state. And <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> in any case, we had a 10 a.m. tea time, and this is one of the days that it was like 98 degrees outside. 10 a.m. Sure, tea time, cliche. No carts. Didn't have any. Yeah, carts. what the fuck? And was it was that? like, which was you know, as as a. As a group, you know, we play Wildwood, which is like a very hilly course. I've never walked Wildwood ever, but I also carry at Glendavere, which also has hills on the back of it all the time. So it's like we're not a cart group all the time kind of thing. But in 98 degree heat, I need a cart for shade. I'm going to pass out and die. Like, and at 10 a.m., you don't have enough for people at 10 a.m. I mean, do the math. People tee off every 12 minutes and they started at 7 o'clock and then they're ending their round right as we get there. They're, they're, they're thereabouts, especially if they're teeing off at 7, 7.30. They should be having a three and a half hour round or something like that. And if you're – I don't know if you're completely booked out or not. But it's like you should have a full round's worth of golf carts in your stock. That's 12 minutes divided by four and a half hours everywhere. If you don't have enough, you're not doing it right. It was so strange because – Around at Oregon City Golf Club, 10 a.m. on a weekend, unfortunately, what you're signing up for is five and a half hours. And you may think to yourself, Oregon City, Joe, I'm listening to this in Essex. I have a very strong British accent. I don't understand. Oregon City Golf Club sounds like the nicest track in the area. Well, unfortunately, you'd be wrong. It's fine. But. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of 5,700 yards from the back tees. Again, you think to yourself, wow, I can get around there quick. Again, you're wrong. It's five and a half hours. You're going to be in a cart, and you're mostly doing it to find some shade and get out of the hot Portland sunshine. It was shocking. And ever since then, this happened today, we (laughs) make sure to text each other in our group chat Hey, have we reserved a cart or do we think we're going to get a cart because I'm going to bring my push cart just in case? Fortunately, we were at probably the nicest facility in the Portland Rota, Heron Lakes, and they have plenty of carts, plenty of booze, good on Heron. Oregon City Golf Club is a little bit on the outskirts. You're a bit in the burbs, a bit in the hills, have eyes. And uh, unfortunately, we did not have golf carts that day. Um but we that shouldn't have to make that idea. text. We're all we're all checking no. into each other. Like, remember your push cart. Remember your push cart. Because like, just what, to, I, just I didn't, crazy. and I had to carry it Oregon City in ninety eight degree heat. I was dying. Well, you carried, and Shane and I opt for the club push carts, which were five dollars a pop. And basically, your your bag is dragging against rocks the entire round, and you have to push it. And it just it's a very uncool situation. Um, yeah, Dane. I have to give you a choice right now. Okay. We can either take a commercial break or you can talk about matchstick golf while I refill my beverage. Ooh, I We're going to talk about matchstick later if you want. Okay. We can take a hard break, come back with the rest of our list and the rest of the pod. Let's do that. Take a tight five. Tight five. Come back. Okay, we're taking a tight five. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to At The Turn. We are a little more than halfway through. Nine things every golf course should have. Dane Delgado, you're up. 
my next pick. Okay. All right. So we've gone through a couple of them. Some are off the board because we have the same picks. Yep. So it's getting a little bit thinner, but that's okay because, again, kind of like you were saying, like it, it just needs to be something for you, kind of like you're saying with these have hard liquor. So I'm going to say of the three I have left, I think it's really crucial. It makes me want to come back to a golf course or it makes me want to maybe spend a little bit more for a golf course because, you, you know, our home course is Glendivere. We play it all the time, but we try to mix it up. This can be sure. a deciding factor. It's a club staff that's nice. You guys were talking, uh, yeah. you and Tyler were talking about this, uh, you know, the last one I listened to about how Langdon, which is not my favorite golf course. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful golf course. It's very interesting. It's not the same thing over and over again. It's fun. Um, I think it's in a weird location. It's between it's right next to I five and also next to ninety nine. It's kind of loud, so it's like close enough to a put hun- a ball on I five. <laughs> I mean, close enough to put a ball on I five, and it's like a hundred dollars to play it, which is just too expensive for me to be standing, you know, on nine T or whatever it is, and, and hear or whatever. But the flip side of Langdon, which is great because it's it's so like classy. It's like it's a it's a very expensive golf course. Is everyone there is so nice. And the it's best, like the best, which is, and it's like, that's even that is like that. Those two things are kind of like diametrically opposed from each other. A lot of times at golf courses, the nicer they are and the less you look like you belong, sort of the meaner you, they are to you. Yep. And that is not the case there. That's, and that's the same thing like Glendevere, probably because people know us when, they, when we come in, but everybody there is pretty nice. It's like, it's really, it's really great. Or if you have a place that has, really mean starters that sucks people in the pro pro shop are just kind of like grunting at you that's not my favorite thing it makes you be like well do i really want to drive all the way back out here not really so i, I think i think that's a, a big plus to really sway how much you play at a golf course and i think it's it's just key because at the end of the day it's a game it's a leisure activity we want to have fun there's no reason to be so upset about things even if they're running a business i had friendly staff too that was my ninth out of nine it, and Langdon is the place that I think of when I think of a friendly staff. You drive in from the moment you set your clubs down, you walk into the clubhouse, whether you're getting a drink, a sandwich, checking in, talking to a starter, the beer girl, whoever you're talking to is just very pleasant, accommodating. You never feel like, hey, you got to hurry it up or you're doing something wrong. It's always a welcoming experience. And I think that's the vibe that not enough golf courses are portraying when communicating with the people out on the golf course. Especially when, you know, we have so many new golfers the last two or three years who yeah. are coming in and they're already anticipating golf of being a more expensive sport. And even if they are playing with clubs they built from a set from Goodwill and uh, an old bag and, 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 and walking or pushing, pushing a cart they found on Craigslist for 50 bucks, it is still objectively a more expensive sport to play. It's, you know, it's, it's 35 right. to 50 bucks here in the Portland area. And you don't really, you really want to spend money to have some old man glare at you. It sucks. It's not a good it's, feeling. It's, it's it's like the op, it's the opposite of what every sort of like service industry is trying to do. They're trying to do the opposite of that. And a golf Precisely. course, especially the, the the pro shop, is a service industry uh, area. And like people just being like, "Well, hurry up! You only got eight minutes." And it's like, "Well, the tee box is four minutes away. I'm going to put a ball down and hit it. It's going to be fine. Like, calm down." These next two that I have, I'm going to combine because they work in conjunction. I think every golf course should have a long par three, 200 yards or longer from the white, and 
a short par four, 260 or shorter from the white. I think both of those show true character of a golf course. You have to execute a shot. I want there to be bunkers. I want there to be water. I want both of them to be very difficult, but not overly penal in that you should have a bailout area. You should know where your miss is. But if you're offline and you don't play the shot correctly, you should be overly penalized in a bunker with a top a, a tough shot. But if you hit it on the green, you got a good look at eagle. I think both of those risk reward is what I'm looking for. And not even just with a par five. And I think we associate that term with par five so often. But I think par threes and par fours should also have that. And I think lengthening a par three and shortening a par four on every single golf course is good. Yeah. You know what? A great example is what we were talking about earlier is that five, six stretch on Glendivere East. Because, I mean, from the blacks, exactly. I would say that this doesn't fit that description. From Because I did play from the blacks at Glendivere East. And the par, the par uh, number five par is three. literally 240 yards. Yeah. <laughs> Par three, it's insane. It's a hard right? par three. <laughs> it's it's extremely difficult, and it's uh, this this green is what I don't know, 120 feet long. I mean, it's it's huge. Yeah, it's it's uh, literally so, 40, 50 yards long. Yeah, so the, the pin could be anywhere. It's it's pretty wild. But falling right after that is that you know from the whites certainly probably like I don't know 245, 250, two, maybe 245. I don't know. Uh, going down the hill. That's the perfect thing because those ha- do have bailout area. They both have bunkers guarding the front of the green. They have uh, backstops. Well, one has a, has a roll-off to it and the other one has a backstop to it. So, again, it's a tough shot coming back the other direction. Uh, the greens are uh, relatively difficult, I would say. But in both of those cases, they're kind of slanted toward you. Um, that's perfect. I really love that big Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's hard but fair. And I think that's the important distinction. Yeah, totally. Okay, so my next one is nitpicking a little bit, but I think this is a spring golf thing, Mm. but I think it comes up enough for most of us (laughs) that you go to a golf course and whether you make the tee time online, so you visited the website, or you've called in and the pro shop guy is like, come on out. There needs to be a schedule of when the punching is. Post it somewhere (laughs) so you know – you know, because it's, it's – I have driven. I have yeah. driven. This, this One time I drove out to some place. I couldn't – I was uh, I was living in Seattle and I lived right next to Bellevue, which is uh, the most trafficked um, municipal course in the state of Washington or was at the time that I lived there. It is insane. You can't get a tea time there. You know, you, you, it's you know, Monday, Monday morning right when tea times go up or whatever. You have to gra- grab your Sunday round. So – I uh, I drove out to somewhere in, in the country, you know, 45 minutes, had my day off. And then it was it was like, guys, yeah, it's 18 bucks today. I was like, great. Why did that not ping something in my brain? That's a little on me. Let's be honest. I was like, well, I, mean, I was thinking, because in the country, you know, I've never heard of where this place is. I'll just sure. go out there. Of course, I showed up and it yeah, it was like putting on the beach, you know, like a beach, like Normandy <laughs> beach mostly, you know what I mean? With all the bombs that exploded it and everything. It was impossible. Of course. It was just like, let me just, I just kind of kind of two putt on everything here. Let's just get to the green. So it's like, I think that's completely reasonable. You should have a schedule posted. Hey, and I think really good golf courses have done this recently, especially because there's so many rounds of golf being played and they post it on social media. They post it multiple times. They put it in their stories and they make a post on it. They put it on their website. It's the first big banner you see when you call yeah. guys say, hey, so, you know, 
we punched six days ago, just as a heads up. So they're looking okay, but yada, yada, yada. That's what it is. You have to be prepared for that. And as golfers, most of the time, if it's like, hey, they po- they punched six, seven days ago, we're like, okay, well, do you guys want to go anyways? That's fine. But I want to be notified. I, I think it's reasonable. Yeah, that's a really good call. And we're frankly almost getting into fall punching season where you should probably start calling the golf courses. I know a lot of you like to use the apps, Golf Now. Very handy. Last thing you want to do is drive up two and a half hours to Chambers Bay to find they punched because they just had the U.S. Women's Amateur up there and they can still charge 150 bucks even if they punch. No, 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 no. I want to make sure I'm getting decent putting conditions if I'm going to drive all the way up there. That's a very good one, Dane. Thanks. I'm going to go rapid fire my last two. Sand in the bunkers. I need sand in my bunkers. And if there is food, a clear system of how to order it on the golf course. Now, these were two that happened today. Wonderful sand in the bunkers at Heron Lakes Great Blue. Outstanding. Very fair. You could put some spin on it. And when you got to the ninth tee box, QR code, we scanned it. When we got to the turn, Got our sandwiches, way too many drinks, and <laughs> we're on our way to the 10th tee. It was perfect. Those two are important. You got to have sand in the bunkers, especially on a golf course with a lot of bunkers. You got to give your players a fair opportunity to get up and down, make a good shot. If you want to keep things moving, have a good food system. Bully to Heron Lakes for having both of those in play today. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the criticism of a lot of the courses here that we play in Portland is – it's not an overly bunkery city, but there are sand traps on almost every course we play. East Moreland, right. uh, you know, Stone Creek, almost none of them have what I would consider fluffy sand in it. Like, especially the first nine on, at Heron today had sand similar to what we experienced when we played in Sun River last year. It was like this big, beautiful puff, but it changes every single thing about how you're going to play that shot. That's right. I mean, it's That's like. Right. Come on. Like, so I, I think that that's a really good call. And yeah, like food is so crucial. I, I'm at this point where I pretty much uh, always you need it. get a hot dog at the turn now. I, I need it. Yeah. But it's like I, like today we got our food and uh, well, I waited in line too long. But to get – we're not going to say how many White Claws for the group. But we, we got we got a fair amount. And by the time we got back out there, the marshal was like, well, you guys got to hurry up. And it was like, well, sorry for spending – a hundred dollars in your in your pro shop just now on, yes, on food and drinks, but also like that would have gone even faster if we had to wait behind the line for also right. also and have them make the hot dogs. So I agree with that. So okay, so my last two in rapid succession are oh God. I, I don't think I have a ninth one because we we overlap too much. That's think, okay. I'll go. Okay, I'll, I'll give I'll give you eight and then I'll come up with nine on the fly. Eight oh, wow. is also related. <laughs> eight is also related to a story. I put. <laughs> Here's what I put, Joe. I put shoes in the pro shop. <laughs> what I mean by that is <laughs> – For purchase? <laughs> For purchase. What I mean is a pro shop that is stocked with all the things you may need. That's right. I think that is a reasonable thing to have at an 18-hole golf course because some of them yeah. are quite, quite barren or they don't have anything. Like I'm not sure what there is at Oregon City Golf uh, – Oregon City. Well, I don't think there's anything in there. I mean – there's people that t- tell you that they haven't had carts for the last four hours, but nothing else. It's like, well, what if I wanted to buy it if I didn't have a glove or like I broke on my tees or whatever it was? Like I lost, I lost my brush like 
I don't know, three months ago. And today I happen to be in the club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why I'm always asking you for that electric one you have. I'm just like, I'm over here trying it's to a quality it, item. To out. Yeah, it's a quality item. But it's like I needed to grab one of those. But also, last last year, the year before, we took a trip up to Tri Mountain, which is an okay golf course. I think it's too expensive for what it is. Also, uh, I also had trees on my list. And that's just because that was really more about shade. But also, it's both. It's about shade and also also changing sort of like how a golf course works. I think most yeah. um, of these like estate style courses, it like in areas where trees should be available, and they clear them out. I think that's weird. So that's that's kind of kind of what this is related to. But um, Tri Mountain is it was very hot, so we got it for like forty bucks because it was ninety five degrees. There's it was, and I showed up and I didn't have shoes in my car because I had forgotten them, <laughs> and I had worn flip flops to the course because I'm dumb. Yeah, bro. And it was like, but so I just picked whichever one fit me because I needed to play, and we were forty five minutes from home in Ridgefield, Washington. So I think a stock a stocked pro shop with all the things you could possibly need is is very helpful. So. Um, yeah. Okay. And then for number eight, I'm going to say, uh, you kind of already took it, but I think I'll just glom onto it because I think it's slightly different okay. is that you ordered, like we order at, at Glendevere, it has Von Ebert, a very good brewery and restaurant mm. that's right next to it, the bulk courses. Or uh, in the pro shop at Heron, they have like a grill. I also think you need some other kind of food that's not M&M's or beef jerky or something like that. In the pro shop, like Glendevere has one of the ca- – I have two little fridge cases that they have beer in one and then the other one is like Powerade and like pre-wrapped sandwiches because yeah. sometimes you're already – you know this is going to be a five-and-a-half-hour round. I forgot to call for the bratwurst at the turn. I need to grab something for five bucks right now and shove it in my mouth and eat it before I even teed off on 10. Let's yeah, go. give me a gas right? station sando. I, I, I just need Give me something. a gas station sando. And he needs something, right? Like give me a little weird wrap that's going to be like, how old is this tortilla? That's what I want. Like just give it to me. You know what I mean? Like I think that's a really important thing to have. But like especially when you're paying, again, 50, 60 bucks for a round yeah. in, in the summer. So I think that could be really useful. But yeah, so I, I, that's, that's my ninth one. I love it. I really think we've improved many golf courses, not only in the Portland area, but according to the metrics, England, Germany, Switzerland, South Africa. Take these to your local muni. Tell them we're trying to help, and we hope that you agree. Joe, Dane, we're gonna we're gonna buy that golf course in Tillamook, and then we're gonna implement all these things. Okay, it's for sale. Oh my we God. only need a couple Walter of four Brooke, or five million dollars. It's gonna. Be I gotta great. do a follow up on that place. That 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 is the weirdest thing ever. There's a beautiful 18 hole golf course on the Oregon coast, of which there are fewer golf courses than you might imagine. That is just sitting there dormant because of some weird real estate nonsense. And if you have 3.7 million dollars, you can be the brand new owner of a gorgeous golf course with the most famous cheese factory on the West Coast. Dane, it is now time for the Mad Golfer of the Week. Your submissions are gratefully accepted at the turnpod at gmail.com. If you've been to a golf course and something has gone awry, if you've read a review of someone who is very angry about a situation where they perhaps should not, that is where you send it. At the turnpod at gmail.com, brought to you by T Box Coffee, a roast to order coffee brand in the heart of Southern California, packaged for the golfer who can shoot 68. 112, every score in between. Let T-Box feel your morning rounds. 
Use promo code TURN15 at checkout. Dane, this is very prescient. This is from Great Brew Blue at Heron Lakes. Great Blue. Great Brew is what I'm drinking. Great Blue is the golf course. This is from Ben Pham. The title of the review is called Left to Vandals. And there's not a University of Idaho tie-in. Here we go. This is from Ben. Quote, I usually love this course. Great track with a lot of variety and challenging green complexes. You can tell that Ben is a golfer when they refer to greens as complexes. Absolutely. Like is it, yeah. Like is it fucking big Torrey Pines words. or Augusta National? <laughs> yeah. Ben, I'm sure, is an 18 handicap. Quote, I'm used to the poop, but these conditions were abysmal. I haven't seen anything this bad since Red Tail. I felt punished to put it in the fairway. There were more divots or mud chunks than grass. I guess it speaks to the people playing regularly, or maybe they're understaffed. Can we pause right there? Because Ben, not only is shitting on the golf course, but also the clientele. They're so bad that they're taking huge just divots out of the fairway and rough. Ben keeps finding his ball in these positions where it's like, well, I would have shot a 74 like our buddy Logan, but <laughs> can you guys play this course less? So it's nicer for me. That'd be great. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's the last paragraph, which tops it off. Quote again from Ben fam to top it off. Some teenagers in a Subaru were messing with cars and stealing sand bottles and a flagstick. A great guy blocked the road and gave them a telling off. Way to go, guy. Kind of summed up the course experience, though, left to vandals. So what Ben is suggesting is he saw some rabbit teenagers in a Subaru taking the sand bottles, which are intended to fill divots off of golf carts and driving in their outback, dumping them out everywhere. And then another person who was not Ben Pham blocked them and is either his golf cart or his regular car to stop them from what they were doing. But it was already too late. So much damage had been done to the golf course and Ben's round that he felt compelled to post about it on yeah. a review. It's a systemic issue. Yeah. It's, I, I also <laughs> like that he's, he's okay with uh, – I mean, so people who aren't, aren't from Oregon, Harrod uh, Lakes is built literally on top of a swamp. So there are geese everywhere. It doesn't matter what time of year that is. There's got to be poop everywhere. So as a regular, he's like, you know what? Goose shit. That's fine. I don't care about that. But these divots in the fairway, excuse me? Unbelievable. <laughs> and w- would you agree that Great Blue is probably the most prestigious of the Portland Rota? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree. It's, the it's, city it's of everybody, Portland. Everybody talks, about, everybody talks about the finishing holes. 16, 17, 18 are absolutely brutal. 16, you have either, you can either, depending on what tee you're on, you can carry it over water or you can lay up sort of like off to the right parallel to the hole. 17 is like a very thin landing area, which we both experienced today, Joe. And then 18 is, I believe, a par four, but it has this, I mean, it has water the entire side right, which uh, I hit perfectly in the middle of the fairway today, but accidentally hit my first cut of the day and then it rolled off. So, you know, it's, so everybody talks about that. Yes, I would agree. That is your Mad Golfer of the Week brought to you by T-Box Coffee. Before we get to our 
final new segment, Dane. You are the founder, the president, the accountant, the designer, the spiritual essence of Matchstick Golf. Give me the latest and greatest. Give me, give me, give me the elevator pitch. We're on the 18th floor. I got a lunch at the bottom of this thing. Tell me what's going on with your company, brother. Yeah, it's been going great. It's been a really big summer. Uh, we put a lot of uh, money into new product over the course of the spring, and we had a lot of things come out. Our biggest things have really been our collaborations. The ones we've had so far that I think have really taken people by surprise and have been happy with are the ones with uh, my good friends Max and Drew over at Muni Kids. Yeah, uh, which those is a are great. Streetwear and golf brand. Yeah, we, we did the uh, PGA Bear, which is a sort of uh, Drew, the brother, my friend, is a, uh, what the artist sort of like draws all this stuff. I have some art in, in my office right now of his it's the kanye west bear from graduation and instead of uh, his tail and stuff he has he's got the the loop the seal strap loop on and stuff he has he has his brother's max's tattoos on him it's really cool it's a great piece the other one that we just released actually a couple days before this uh, uh podcast recorded was um the mirror that's on the front of mac miller's divine feminine album from 2016 uh drew drew that and then in the middle of it he, he sort of has this very cartoony style uh and he, he draws these uh, really cool smoke clouds, and that's what's in the middle of it. And Mac Miller is, is Munichid's sort of biggest drop of the year every single year. Um, so that's been like sort of popping off. Everybody's really excited about it because everything's limited edition. Um, the other one I'm really excited about that went well was uh, my friend uh, Max Machado, uh, which is uh, at Young Dirty. If you want to ch- check him out on Instagram, he is like a graphic designer, and he's he was a college golfer. His stuff is so so good. We did a pack that was this little devil guy, a coyote, and this sort of like um, uh, tiger that with his ball in its mouth. And his art style is like so great. And the the big one that's coming out later this year is with Eight um, Bit Birdies, which is sort of a smaller Instagram account. But I don't know if you follow this guy, Joe. But oh my god, Alec is so good at this um, pixelated eight bit golf art. And he'll what's do the name like, again? Eight cl- Bit Birdies. Eight Bit Birdies. Yeah, and he he has this great pixelated golf art that's all this – I have art of his up here too. He'll do um, like lay flats of all of his actual bag, his all of his clubs. He did um, Cameron Smith as a kookaburra bird. Uh, he's done, done – um, the, one, one, the one we're doing together is uh, – I get a, a three-pack. He, um, he made this sort of like fake video game that looked like it was supposed to be on Game Boy Color and it was called Dino Golf. Right, and he made like a couple little videos and made a little couple of characters. So we Sick. have uh, a Stegosaurus that kind of looks like, um, you know, like the the goat caddy, right? So it's like it's it's yeah. on all fours and it has has a, a loop over over it. And we have a, a little raptor guy who's swinging a club, and then we have, which is my favorite one, is a little purple looks like a little Game Boy cartridge. And then it has like the, the fake Dino Golf sticker of like this made up game in the middle of it. It's Hell so yeah. cool. Like I'm really excited for people to see it. So yeah, it's it's been going great. People really um, getting into it. And I'm just having like a really great time being able to sort of draw whatever I want and make cool stuff. And that was the whole point was like, well, I can't find anything, you know, that I want. What if I just made my own? And now I'll I just can draw whatever I want. I'm I'm having a blast. Again, use turn 20 at matchstickgolf.com. So much cool stuff going on there. All right, Dane, this is a new bit that I started with Tyler last week, and Nick is not here to stop me, so I'm going to continue it with you again this week. Ten questions for our guest. We call it turn 10 because that is the promo code at piper.golf. They added visors and bucket hats, which I'm simultaneously thrilled with for them. 
and annoyed because we just got our latest shipment from Piper, not knowing that they were going to have visors and bucket hats. So I'm going to need both of those. Mike Gottfried, president of Piper Golf, I'm going to send you an email probably tonight asking you to come in the pod next week and then atone for your sins of not sending me a bucket hat. But we love Piper Golf. I would love to see you in the golf visor, balls. by the way. I want to see you all I, Ian Poulter out. Let's get some gel on that hair, bro. Let's go. I really feel like visor is me in my late 30s and early 40s. Like it's going to be a very finite but very defined period for me, and I'm excited for it. A nice Your cloth. birthday is soon. Does that mean that I should get you? I'm going to get you a visor for your birthday. This is a very interesting conversation because we're having this when I'm 36, but by the time it's released, I'm going to be 37. So this is a very controversial and important time in my life. But Dane, it is now time for Turn 10 brought to you by Piper Golf. Again, go to piper.golf for 10% off. We're going to try to rip through these, but if you have some context, please feel free to pause and explain. Number one, Jack or Arnold? Jack. Jack. Interesting. Jack because the record. I love it. It, it just has it, it has to be. I mean, I, love I say that with uh in the other room, there's an enormous like two foot painting that my friend Drew did of uh of Arnold, of course, uh, which is this mural that's uh, down by the neighborhood golf shop. But it, it's gotta be Jack. Well, one's cool and one's better. So like there's no wrong answer, honestly. Yeah. Also, um, I think we Tyler hit this last week, but also it's it's hard because Jack has said so many things on the uh, old people just shouldn't have Twitter. Let's just let's just put it to that. Yeah, if you're 82 and you won 18 majors, you've done enough. Like just just yeah. just chill. It's fine. Number two, hole in one or lowest round ever. Oh, lowest round ever. That's easy. Easy because I. Well. Here's the thing. Like your conversation with Tyler last week, I think, was talking about how you had your lowest round ever, what, nine or ten years ago. It's still in your fridge and you can feel yourself sort of slowly (laughs) – I'm so sorry. (laughs) Slowly getting farther away from that, right? The anniversary is tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to need three more drinks, Brian. (laughs) I am. Uh, But in any case, I would like to see that. And as a golfer, I think – moving up and getting better, I'm ready to get that. I think a hole-in-one is a thing that while you are aiming for a point, right. a lot of times, like, t- like today, a lot of the pins at Heron were in such places where it's like you're not you're going for the middle of the green. You're not aiming for the flag because it's uptight behind a little berm. A lot of hole-in-ones are accidents. Let's be honest. <laughs> like you yeah. just hit it and it went in. That's an Bro. accident, which like that could happen at any time. Hitting my best round ever is like very purposeful. It's like years of work. And it's a it's intentional. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I I literally. It's so funny you say that on a round today. Logan, who again shot seventy four, very good round. On a par three, he hit it and the flag was tucked left, and he gave me the yardage. And before I swang, he was like, "All right, well, it's one fifty middle, one sixty one flag." And I was like, "Logan, if this is at the flag, it is a miss hit." <laughs> Like I'm not, I'm not aiming at the flag, baby. I'm just trying to put it middle yeah. and two putt. Yeah. But if it goes no, in, you're like, it. oh, great. Cool. Yeah. All right. Favorite course in the Portland area, Dane area. It has changed because it used to be stone, but I've decided that I don't really like that stretch in the middle on the back because I think hmm. that it's one, it's kind of the same thing over and over again. It's kind of boring. Also, despite the fact that I double bogey every hole, it's not a big deal. It's yeah. not that, Joe. Okay. Tough. Here's the thing. Tough. Favorite versus 
how good it is versus how much I love it. Dane Delgado's I'm picking beer. I'm picking Glendavere. <laughs> you know what, Joe? And here's <laughs> Joe is Joe is beside himself right now. This here's is a comedy why. podcast. <laughs> I am going to stand by this because wow. Glendavere is home. That's why. That's why it's my favorite. It's it's not that it's easy or the front is short or any of that kind of stuff. It's because Glendavere is home. There are better golf courses by far in the Portland area. Yeah. A lot of ones I haven't played. Like I've never played the reserve. Like Langley is clearly a better course than that. You've never but played the reserve? My, Let's correct no, that this go. year. Let's go. Let's, Let's correct go. that. Yeah. Yeah. Logan keeps talking about it. But if I'm talking about favorite, you didn't ask me what I think the best course is or my favorite of the best elite courses. You. That's what my favorite course is. It's yeah. Glendavere. I, I, I love, love it. it. It's my home. It's my favorite place. That's great. Also, matchstick golf ball markers available at the Glendevere Pro Shop. Very true. What is your least favorite course in the Portland area? Put someone on blast, bro. I do it. <laughs> we have talked about this too much in person. You already know it's Rose City. I hate it. Oh, no. See, I, uh, I hate, okay. I hate no, I'm Rose I'm sorry. City. This is you. This is you. Go ahead. Go this ahead. is me. Okay. Full bar. I would Full play bar. the. I would play the front nine twice, and then I would like Rose City. The problem with Rose City is you get to, what, 10, 11, 12, 13. You get to 14 on the back next to the high school, and it's, I don't know, it's like 260. But you hit down into this swale and then up into a hill with this tiny green where if you miss right, you're stuck in like five-inch grass. And if you miss left or long, you're down off into the reeds. Then the next hole is this like elevated tee box. It's like yeah. that hole might be taller than it is long. Straight up. It might be very – that hole is square if you're looking at it from the side. Okay? And so it's like 80 or 90 yards or whatever, 100 uh-huh. yards. I hate yeah. that. And then uh-huh. and then 16 and 17 yeah. both go into a valley, but it's not mm-hmm. wide enough. So the landing area on each of them is like 20 yards, which for me is not very good. I just don't like those four holes, and it kind of ruins my round every time. Very quickly, just to respond, I think the back nine is better than the front nine, but this is not about me. This is Dane Delgado, president of Matchstick Golf. Number five, the most you've ever paid for a round of golf. Mm, It would have been when we played in Sun River probably. Was like 120 was the last round or something we played. Yeah, that was too much. Something like that. I would say it was too much for that one. And of course, we held off playing whatever the big course is out there that was like 220, which is probably the right call after three days of being in the desert and doing what we were doing. Um, Yeah, I would say it's like 120 bucks. Drinking milk and reading the Bible. Question number six, Dane, what is your favorite club? (laughs) Oh, my favorite club is the 8-iron, easily. Easily. yeah. Because, because... You can really rocket it and get it out there. You could choke down on it when you're between clubs. I end up at mm. that distance a lot in terms of oh, like on a on a par five, like a very sure. long par five where I don't have a club that's going to get me two, you know, two sixty. So I'll cut the difference and stuff. Or on on a, a par four that I really drive really well, um, like a longer par four. That's where I end up in in a space where I'm using eight iron. I love that club. I love the flight. Oh yeah, Dane. This is a tough one, or maybe it's not. What's the most important putt you've ever made, ever, in your whole friggin' life? You were there, Joe. You, me, me, and Derek were playing for money against all of his 22-year-old friends out in Gresham at Persimmon. Hell and yeah. We were playing in a, t- in a team scramble event. We were. And we were on that hole, we were on that hole in the back in that part, that sort of long, sort of weird uphill par three. 
Mm-hmm. And you guys missed your birdie. Like, I don't, one of you was not on the green and one of you missed your birdie putts. And I had probably, what, 15, 16 feet, something like that. And we all read it as a team and we put it in and that was the hole that closed it. And we won our money. Hell yeah. That was the most important one I ever had. I do remember that. Right. This one, this one, I'm very curious because you were in the biz. I know that technically you have a writing background, but (laughs) as someone who appeared on the same television show as you for a while, you made videos for a television station, their internet, and uh, their cable service. Nick Faldo or Paul Azinger? I think I have the same answer as Tyler, to be honest, for the exact same reason. Yeah, it's Azinger because Faldo had the chance to be so much more, and he's yeah. just—he's like—he's so beige, you know what I yeah. mean? And it's like yeah. all that ex- all that experience. I mean, it's just like all that experience and nothing. It's like listening to uh, Clyde Drexler on a Houston Rockets, po- uh, you know, broadcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's it's just the best like, example. It's, that is the best example. Clyde, you're one of the that 10 best weird. shooting guards ever. What do you have to say about this? Oh, you know, they're just uh, trying their best out there. It's like, come on, bro. I think here you really need to score. Well, thanks, Clyde. Back to you. I mean, good <laughs> Lord. I know. Faldo isn't even like French vanilla or vanilla bean. He's just like the, the boring vanilla flavor. He's not even the egg yolky vanilla. He's just the yeah. most basic bitch vanilla possible. He's the kind you eat with one of those flat pieces of wood when you get in grade school. That's the kind of thing right. he is. That's exactly right. The spoon where you've eaten all the sherbet, so this is all you have left. Number nine, are breakfast balls ever okay? Ever. Well, if you're not holding a, uh, a handicap, that's fine. Do whatever you want. Have fun. In fact, I was playing uh, Glendiver. I, I slide out after work quite a bit off, off the back and just play, play the back nine quite a bit. I met up with this guy in 17 and 17 West. And he was telling me, he said he's having the round of his life. He's 50-year-old. He's part of the PDP program. So he's playing. He told you that? Like yeah. He's like, he's. I know. <laughs> this is oh my this is shocking because Joe, by the way, listeners, can't do that. Or he will immediately just like start shaking and overthinking everything. He no, has to. I'll miss I don't ball. say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say anything when Joe is playing good. Joe doesn't say he's playing good. That's the best way to keep it around. But this guy right. said it out loud. Okay. He's on 17, which is up the hill. And he said, I had the best round of my life. I'm even par. And I said, wow, that's great. He's like, what are you? I said, well, I'm even par over the last four holes I've played. Because I was kind of skipping around holes. It was so busy. Sure. He's like, yeah. oh, I was like, oh, that's just pretty normal for you. I said, well, not in the least, but you don't know me. So sure, let's go with that. And then he says, I'm even par with only four mullies. Uh, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. <laughs> and I You're said, even par. I said, good for you. Right? Yeah. Because he. You're having a fun time. He's all excited. He's he wants right. to finish before it's dark. Go with God. So if that guy wants to play a breakfast ball, go with God. Whatever your score isn't real, but that's that's fine. If you're not holding again or gin, if you're not playing it, in, you're not sandbagging everybody. Or I mean, really, what you're doing is hurting yourself in the tournament if you're doing that. Exactly. But yeah. Don't don't tell me you're an eight, and then I see you, uh, you know, blast, you know, three into the water. Like it is well, what it is. To be fair, I am Sorry. a seven. <laughs> Close to home. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll say this for everybody. I'm the worst seven handicap you'll ever see in your life. I will hit shots oh. that will boggle the mind as a seven handicap. But every once in a while, seen- I'll shoot a 75. 
That Dang. shot you had from 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 the the corner today from like 120 <laughs> yards. That little bouncer up to it. Woo! I know. You got I gotta hit one. I gotta hit one around to keep him coming. I back. clapped. I clapped. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead. Last one. How early should someone arrive to the course before their tea time? Should arrive. I would say I like 40 minutes. 40 minutes is a perfect zone. Wow, really? Here's why. Here's why. Okay. Because I don't like feeling rushed yeah. on the golf course. I'm like perpetually worried about everyone else's thing. Like even though I like we always play in a very like we play in a ready golf group all the time. If there's sure. somebody in the approach zone, I see them standing with their club. I'm a little worried about it, even though I know we're playing at a perfectly reasonable pace. We're going to finish in four mm-hmm. hours and five minutes. Mm-hmm. So I don't like that feeling. When I get to the golf course, say at Glendivere, West Tee Box is all the way across this massive parking lot. I park down there. I got to walk all the way to the clubhouse, check in, pay, yeah. see if Shit I'm going to get a card or whatever it is, yeah. and then walk all the way back. And then and then I want to get a couple putts, chips in. I want to shoot the shit with you guys on the tee. And then I want to be comfortable and ready to hit the ball. And that gives me around 10 minutes to spare. I think all that stuff is around half an hour. So that gives me That's enough fair. space. I, I don't like getting there with like 20 minutes that I'm like trying to put my shoes on and falling over in the parking lot because I'm like rushed. I don't like that. So I would say around oh, yeah. 40, 40, 40 minutes or 35 minutes. Bro, I get it because I gave myself 20 minutes today and uh, I felt rushed as balls. Like I, I drove up. I saw you guys in the tee box and I was like, oh. And I like I had to get my shoes on, and I had to take a piss like so bad. Like it's, exactly. it's one of those where you get in the car, like the moment you get in the car, you realize I got to take a piss, but you're already basically to the highway, so it's like I've, I've gone too far at this point. I duck in yeah. the porta potty, I get to the first tee, I make a quick double, and then I talk to you guys on the side. <laughs> it's like it's hole. it's that meme where it's like somebody's driving fast in their car, and it's like leaving right. your house at eight oh five a.m. hoping that you'll get there by eight a.m. Exactly. Right? Like, to get to yeah. work. That, that's what you're doing. And I don't like that. And, no. And of course, I, I say this knowing full well that I've been to the last like three rounds of 18 with like eight minutes to spare. <laughs> yeah. Dane Delgado, you've been overly generous with your time. Matchstickgolf.com. Promo code TURN20 at checkout. Do you know that Shane wants to go to Vegas? Shane wants to go to Vegas? And play golf. We're going to Vegas, baby. We're, play, we're playing golf. Well, that's not all Shane wants to do. But yeah, we're going to go. Let's go. I'm in. I I just think we need to so he he is he has put it on me to be the one that makes it so. And Andy <laughs> Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's me, you, Shane, and Andy is going to Vegas in October. So I think Andy is out. I think okay. we have to get Nick to fly cross Ooh. country and be our fourth. Nick, yeah, I know Nick you're listening. Fly- come come, baby. Let's go. Nick would vibe with you and Shane. This is this is my feeler for Nick. I'm going to get a text on Monday morning at 4.30 a.m. because he doesn't sleep and lives on the East Coast that say, Joe, I can't come to Vegas. But <laughs> I've, I've, Nick, I've got a brand new baby, he, Joe. Exactly. Yeah. She's fresh out of the oven. That bun is still fresh. Dane, I would love thanks to see for your you time, too. brother. Hey, if your plans change Monday and you want to play golf, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I may be at the practice area. <laughs> Thanks yeah, this was th- this was a 75-minute ruse to ask you to play golf again on Sunday, <laughs> Monday. I <laughs> uh, expect nothing less. Thanks, brother. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn. 
Thank you.